Hi guys, Paul here with a cold open. You might notice that the sound is a little bit different. This is because we were not able to meet up in the studio as we would normally like to. This is because at the time of recording, we're still going through the 2020 COVID-19 virus pandemic. Rest assured, we're going to try to get things back to normal as soon as we can, as soon as it's safe to do so. But uh, and for the time being, thanks for bearing with us. Anyway, on with the show. Welcome back to One for Paul, the show where I, a non-pop culturist, get inducted into the world of pop culture by my friends, co-humans, and nemeses, and this time a cowboy. Mufi, welcome to the show. Hi. Yeehaw. Well, no. Right. All right. <laughs> I mean, you can do whatever you want with that joke. It's good of you to yes and it. It wasn't Yeehaw. good. So, what are we doing today? We are watching a Ryan Reynolds movie. A Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah. That's right. Welcome to RSVP, the, sh- the movie about a hopelessly unreliable friend who learns the joys of punctuality. I have so many friends like that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start making these into movie posters. What for we making do. t-shirts I'm, I'm and stuff? I'm keeping notes. I'm keeping notes at the moment. There will be things. So, uh, R.I.P.D. is the movie we're actually doing. It's uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, what's-his-face from the from Little China? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Fucking love Jeff Bridges. He's very good in general. So, this movie, you, you sort of were less surprised that I hadn't seen this one. Is this a little bit out of left field one? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people... It, it's a very Marmite movie. Very Marmite. Like, my housemate loves it. I, I think that's just because it's Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges predominantly. But uh, for other friends of mine who were like, uh, really? You, you really like this? I'm like, I find it hilarious. It's also got Kevin Bacon. And I love Kevin Bacon as an actor. So, you know, it's three three fantastic actors in the same movie. We Great. are one degree closer to Kevin Bacon. We made a podcast about Kevin Bacon, which I think adds one degree. Yeah. So we need, we need two more and maybe Kevin Bacon will notice it. Maybe, maybe. So, uh, what were we going to do at the start before? We, we had a new thing that we were going to put at the start. Oh, we have a Patreon. We have a what now? We have a Patreon. We have a Patreon. Yeah. Where, you can, where you do can we find the Patreon movie? It's patreon.com slash one for Paul. Patreon.com slash one for Paul. Yep. Patreon.com slash one for Paul. Yeah. And you can you can have you can, you can, you can you you can help us buy caffeine and survive. Pretty much, <laughs> like little office goblins that we are. Paul, what did you know about this movie before you watched it? Oh, literally nothing. I you told me the name of it. I had to Google it and send you a thing going. Is this the one you mean? Yes. So I saw the cover art, and it had a Jeff Bridges on it. And he's a cowboy, and it says R.I.P.D., so I, I sort of figured that the pun was, like, police for dead people somehow, but yeah, that's all I knew. Yeah. I mean, that that is very right. <laughs> I mean, I guess it it's pretty on the nose, as titles go. Oh, yeah. So, fade in to a big fat dude running surprisingly athletically. Uh, but don't worry, yeah. that's not Ryan Reynolds, nor is Jeff Bridges Ryan Reynolds. In fact, Ryan Reynolds is Ryan it's Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. I love Ryan Reynolds. I really do. I, I think it's part of why I love this movie is his... Just him. 
uh, his what's it, his monologue? Is it a monologue? Uh, when he talks, I mean, he's not yeah. soliloquizing. He's he's breaking the fourth wall. He's being Deadpool, but not in Deadpool. I mean, I'm always in favor of extra added Deadpool, which is the only kind oh, yeah. of Deadpool extra added. They, it's the best kind of Deadpool. I, lo- I do love. I mean, it's just Ryan Reynolds. Who does not love Ryan Reynolds? To be honest. Like, so the giant it, fat man uh, video games his way up the side of a building because I guess he has gravity powers. Apparently so. Like, I, it's it's weird. They don't see that's not fully explained. This is based on a dark horse comic. Okay. So I suspect that is explained more in the comics. Okay. But you know, I. Hey, it turns uh, out this is not where the story. This is an entire medias res because yeah, it is it's in the middle, and we're going to see this footage again later because, in fact, we need to start three or four days ago. Uh, it's not clear; it's just three or four, or four. Yeah, and we see <laughs> again Ryan different. Reynolds burying some gold objects gra- uh, wrapped in cloth under a sapling little orange tree. I guess. Yeah, I think it's. They do say that in a minute. I think it is an orange tree. That orange tree has a lot of apples Boston. on it. It does. So also, <laughs> probably not going to survive well, as is pointed out later on. They're in Boston. I they believe. are in Boston. Yeah, as we get That's established, not going to survive. Uh, yeah, I don't know of a lot of orange groves <laughs> in Boston. I guess you might be able to greenhouse it. I don't know, but uh, this is this one isn't in a greenhouse. It's this just isn't in the a greenhouse. Back this of is the in the garden. <laughs> Next morning, his wife wakes him up in the sexiest, Frenchiest way ever, and she is evidently perfectly content with their life, uh, but I guess he feels like they, he wants her to have more, and that he wants more money for that. But it, they are a legitimately beautiful and lovely and just so in love with each other and crazy about each other couple. Yeah, uh, Mufi, and it's adorable. I've learned enough about movie language that I now fear for her safety. Yeah, that that's the thing. You, you kind of you have this, and you're like, "Oh, they're so happy. They're, someone's gonna die." Yeah, clearly. Soon As, there also, will be death. The name of the movie is R.I.P.D. So, like, yeah, I imagine it's not Riverport, Indianapolis. <laughs> so it's as nice. they leave the house together, she goes for a long jog, and he goes to work. Uh, cut to the police station where we're introduced to the Baconator in the locker room. Oh, God. Uh, That's a mental image I could have really done without seeing. And this other guy, I'm talking about Kevin Bacon, but this other guy just, uh, you've never been in a men's locker room, probably. Uh, There is always the one dude who just does not see any, like, just super comfortable. Let's be hopeful I've never been in a (laughs) men's locker room. I mean, I don't want to speak for you. Maybe you have, and for reasons. I don't know. Nah, I'm not not a fan. No, I'm not either, because, like, again, I'm going to have to... I don't know how it is in the women's locker room, but there's always, like, some dude who's, like, 70, and all they want to do is, like, lean up against something and have a full-on conversation while completely nude. Yeah. And he sort of... It's just... Wow. Why? I, I, it makes me, you learn to deal with it by just going, uh huh, great. And like staring straight forward directly in the eyes. Yeah. 
I I couldn't. <laughs> is there an equivalent of like old lady just like you know completely spread open or something going like, hey, what's happening? No, because because it tends to be like the old ladies are in the little cubicles that you get in. It, like, I would have thought, but maybe for like, all I know, there's a there's like some sort of equivalent gross lady thing that happens in y'all's locker rooms. No, what are you talking about? We're women. We're not gross. Jesus. Uh sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. Yeah. So it turns oh, out no, we are foul. That, but, sorry. We are foul. We are just it's 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 it just not that bad. You are all of you a beautiful flower. <laughs> so it turns out that both Ryan and Kevin here were on a drugs bust when they found this pile of gold and uh decided to keep it for themselves rather than turn it in to be used as evidence against the drug dealers. I I mean, I don't quite I mean, it seems that Nick was quite sort of straight laced in the front of it do you know what i mean like mm. he it at least to me anyway i might be wrong he seemed quite sort of straight laced and, and following the letter of the law this seems entirely out of character for him kevin bacon however not at all it, it he seems like the kind of one who's like ah this seems like a good idea it's gonna get you in trouble it's it's a good idea then cool let's do it well it seems like it was uh it was kevin bacon's idea this is hayes and nick yeah. is uh played by ryan reynolds uh, it seems to have been sort of their both idea, like, oh, it's here anyway. We weren't look. This wasn't what we were here to find, but like, you know, nobody's going to miss it. So let's just you know, bag up a little bit in our back pockets there. Uh, take it home. Yeah. So. Except gold's quite weighty. So like. Oh, my God. The chunks that meant... they're handling. <laughs> I I, like... did, I did some math later and you'll you're oh, boy. So uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan wants out. I, I mean, Nick wants out uh, since it turns out that his wife, he, she actually, she legitimately doesn't care about, she's not materialistic at all. She, they have a little house no. to live in and they're happy. She's a very, they're, they're very, uh, she's very kind of sort of happy with their lot, which is, hmm. again, something's going to go wrong. Oh my God. She's satisfied in a movie. You, you're not allowed to do that. No, no one can be satisfied in a movie. So That's how it works. Nick, uh, Nick convinces, or well, he persuades Hayes that hey, maybe we should turn it in, and you know, take the disciplinary and whatever. Because like, I can't be, I can't be doing this, man. And they they decide together. Yeah, it's, that's a fair. That's fair. Let's. Uh, Hayes is on board now, but oh no! Before they can do anything, it looks like it's time to suit up and head out on some sort of drugs bust. Because that's. You know, not at all questionable. Why would that suddenly happen? Oh, no. <laughs> well, I don't think it's a... No, I don't think it is. It's just, it, it's that sort of typical movie trope of, oh, yeah, the, the bad guys are accepted and agreed to do something good, and then suddenly something goes wrong. Detective Hayes. It's very true. Give the men a, a rousing speech before they go into battle. Try not to get killed. <laughs> Everyone? Don't get shot. Okay? Hey, it's a fair, fair shout. I mean, he's not don't wrong. Don't get shot. No. I, I feel motivated. Getting shot is a bad idea. I don't know idea. about you. I always feel motivated, especially when I'm told not to get shot, because I'm quite good at that. He also wears a bracelet with his grandmother's uh, St. Christopher charm on it, Saint of yep. Travelers. Yep. It's also quite, I mean, that, that seems for me a very weird place to wear one of those charms. Uh, I mean, like, 
there's nothing wrong with it, but like they had to have some kind of cool cop hanging his arm out the window shot, and that's a convenient time to have it, I guess. Yeah, like, hey, what's that on your... Uh, well, not, hey, what's that on your wrist? Like, ah, you're never gonna get laid with that thing on your wrist. Yeah, because as Slightly. we all know, men with jewelry, famously not very attractive. Oh, no, not at all. Not even remotely attractive. See a man with a necklace on? Oh, God, no. Keep it away from me. No. Well, he was really great, except then I noticed that he had this uh, this lovely sentimental thing that was from his grandmother. And I was just, like, so turned off. Yeah, I mean, sentimentality. Oof, why? No, it's not fun. Cut to the warehouse where the SWAT team are breaching the building. Uh, I mean, they should be breaching the building, but instead, let's let this detective do it. Uh, what with him not wearing a helmet or anything more than a vest. Oh, yeah. It's because that seems like a really smart idea. That's exactly how I would run a tactical situation. Send the guy with the least protection in. Yep, Nick decides to walk around this combat zone alone for some reason nobody watching is six no squad nothing yeah it's not like that's it's... rule one or anything no you must always have a partner where it's the buddy system it is the buddy system i have exactly that note <laughs> okay nick nick where's oh, your buddy i told you about this nick we've been through this you need to keep an eye on your buddy at all times <laughs> your buddy must have an eye on you at all times what happens if you don't see your buddy you look for your buddy. And then he shoots you in the face. Because your buddy's evil. Hayes uh, shoots him in the face with uh, with one of the enemy's rifles, I guess. One of the drug dealer's rifles. I think so, yeah. Because he had a shotgun rather than it, and didn't seem to have anything slug over his back a minute ago. So. Yeah. So Hayes, uh, definitely, he is now the villain because that's not what you're supposed to do. No. He, that you are not meant to shoot your buddy. You're not meant to shoot your friend. Yeah. And uh, but, you know. Nick falling down the things here is just so brutal. Like, he lands on his neck on several occasions. Yep. And all but it's I, I love the graphics in this bit, though, because obviously that's all done with CG, strangely. You're kidding. And it's so well done because it's proper rag dolly. It is, yeah. And that's exactly what you'd expect of someone who's A, just been shot, and B, on the first hit on this, like, tumble down, hit their head. Like, they'd be ragdolling. They'd be unconscious, if not already dead. Oh, and yeah. Ragdolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... It's uh, so good. It, it reminds me of kicking a dude off a cliff in Dark Souls. It's very Havoc Engine. Which, you know, this was made in 2013, so probably exactly that. It's just like, okay, let's just uh, undo all the physics on the rigging. Yep, just remove it. Off you go. Bye! So, uh, everything around him is frozen in time, including all the explosions, which I thought this was actually a really cool visual as he sort of strolls through giant fiery explosions that are happening. Oh, well, because, you know, real men, they don't look at explosions. Well, this one, this uh, if it's standing still, then it's more of like a fire, like a yeah, I suppose. So, and real men absolutely look at fire. They do because fire is a very manly thing. It's a very human thing, I think. I quite like. Fire. I don't know anybody who couldn't just stare at a fireplace for like an hour and then wonder where the where the time's gone. Yeah, you've probably got a fair point there. I do get lost. Candles, mm. pretty fires, yeah. Uh, and then he gets sucked up into a sky anus. 
Yep, that because that's not weird. He also doesn't seem to be too concerned about the sky anus. He is uh, just sort of looking around all. Um, it's I'm going to call this the the green screen glare, green screen glare mm. because it's you know all right now Ryan uh, in this scene you're ge- you're being sucked into the sky into a sky anus. I need you to look amazed and confused. Okay, yep. I can do that. Because he's not seeing at all what we're seeing, right? No. He is uh, looking at a green wall and going, wow, this is crazy. But at the same time, you'd kind of hope for some slightly more, you know, something slightly more than just kind of wide-eyed shock. It's like, you've just been pulled up into the sky, dude. You thought you were dead. Or you are dead. You know you were dead. Show some more fear. (laughs) I guess. I mean, I guess the direction I would give in that situation is confused. Uh, you're you're mostly confused and also like, what the fuck is just happening? And also, I am in mortal danger right now. So go yeah. go between those ones, Ryan, and then watch a dude who's just like had a sandwich, uh, you know, just a second ago in his chair. And now he's in the middle of a green room. It's hard to do. Right, green yeah, green screen fine. acting is preposterously difficult to do, and I think he does well here. But I think the choice to do green screen, uh, you know, I think they might have overdone it, which we're we're going to come back to in this review, which is what we do. Nick is uh, he's whisked into a police interview room after falling in upwards into the sky anus. Yes. Definitely sky anus. And uh, there's a lady named Proctor waiting. Uh, that's her name tag right there on the on the front of the desk there. Turns out he's dead. Yep. I, I mean, I could have guessed that. Turns out he's there's dead. There's also some music playing in the background. And there's a super special afterlife, I guess, just for cops, because uh, they need their skills to solve crimes committed by dead people. Because they didn't do enough of that in in actual you know life yeah they have to do it in the afterlife as well yeah his choice is either he takes his chances with eternal judgment right now or he agrees to work for the r.i.p.d that's the uh rest in peace department yeah yeah he, he sort of gets that <laughs> it's it's quite obvious when you yeah yeah he's taking this rather obvious. philosophically <laughs> i have to say yeah i'd be a lot more um Angry? I mean, no grieving at all from this man. No, he's just like, okay, I am dead. Let's just get on with life. But they reckon, do this for a hundred years and then you can go back to Earth. And he's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I I get to go back to my wife. Totally, I'll do it. And they're like, no, you won't get to go back to your wife. You'll get to go back to Boston. Chill. Yeah. It's not even that he gets, it's it's do it for a hundred years and then he gets, it, it works in his favor against eternal judgment. I guess it's, yeah, it's not clear because they say both things. Yeah, it's very weird. So it's almost like for this this comedy movie, they didn't decide to create an entire intricate fantasy world. They just sort of said like, "Ah, it's a funny idea. Let's have a police department after death. That's what everyone needs. I mean, it's this thing. It's like, if you were, if you were a cop and you went up to, you died and you went up and they went, yeah, so, uh, we need you to be a cop for another hundred years. You'd be like, fuck off. I mean, what's the I've pension spent... like, right? <laughs> it better be good pension. I mean, I feel like it that's like the good. best pension. If you guarantee yourself the good place. 
Yeah, I guess. That's a good pension. I don't know of a better pension. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, for me, I'd be like, look, I've just spent how like past what forty years doing this, and now suddenly I have to do it again. Right. Yeah, I mean, I would say maybe, uh, you know, can I take a day to think about it? Yeah. Can I can I, can I process can I the fact that uh, you know you're you're piling rather a lot on me right now? Like you're dead. Okay, Suddenly. so I'm dead. I get that. Yeah. I'm also kind of still here, which means I'm alive in some instance. Which means there is in fact life after death. So could you just give me like life. five minutes to process the the existential shit that I'm dealing with right now? Yeah, because like that that's a lot to just go. Yeah, here you go. What Nick does pretty well with it though, because uh, I guess the deal here uh, is he accepts and they, they they brand him with a brand on his chest. Magical brand. Yeah. And, uh, brand without warning. So I guess the deal here is that some people somehow manage to avoid judgment and just sort of hang out on Earth after they're dead. Yeah. Which is, I, I wouldn't. Mm. So they need people like him, the kind of crooked cops who apprehend these folks, uh, such that they can send them to hell. I guess there's no RIP lawyers then? No, no, they just get charged and, and sent to that holding area, which is, seems a little bit of a perversion of justice, but okay. Oh, yeah, but this is afterlife, so presumably you've got some sort of, like, objective, you know, like, if you got the source of justice right there, then first of all, I wonder, like, why does, if we're assuming a Christian thing here, why does God need a police department? Yeah, that... That, that always threw me a little bit. Literally, so like, I'm not super religious, and I don't have a huge understanding of this stuff, but, like, like that, isn't that sort of the point? Yeah. Like, you can do it's, anything, it's, all at once, all the time, over and over, like, whatever. That is what you're here for. So, it's anyway, there's no RIP RP lawyers, I guess. So, Nick no. uh, agrees, and... Uh, also wonders what's with the steely den by which i mean the version of the film that i saw seemed to have no music in the soundtrack here there was a bit of music but it's really 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 faint like in one of the moments where it's literal silence i could sort of hear there was something playing but it wasn't like i could tell that there was a specific song playing and i even paused it a couple of times on my second listen through and i remember i am a sound engineer and mix engineer yeah and i was listening going if they have a joke relying on this then this the the re-recording mixer did not do this section in my opinion very well though i also wasn't there so i don't know i i feel like this was a missed opportunity I think it may have been a case of you hear, uh, you you hear the um, what's it? The music. You hear the music, and it's it's different for who you are. I, th- I don't know. Maybe I mean, here's the thing, though. Uh, I I reckon it's probably a licensing thing because I saw this yeah. film on a streaming service. Uh, like I don't have a DVD that was released. See, forever. I bought it on Prime. Uh, on the streaming service. I bought it yeah. on Prime and I still couldn't hear it. Well, I didn't. Well, he, here's yeah. what I wonder. Like, was like, it originally it, there so. and then the record label decided we don't want to, you know, you had a five year thing on this and for future uh, releases, you don't get to use it without paying us a license for this again. 
Hmm. That sometimes happens. Maybe. So it wrecked the joke anyway. Record labels wrecked a joke as well as like a lot of musicians. So never mind. Cut to an invisible walkway, seemingly endless filing cabinet room filled with uh, just the longest filing cabinets. Yeah, those are ridiculously amazingly deep, long filing cabinets. I mean, I would love some because like that'd be helpful. So there's no store all my stuff. No computers in the afterlife, I guess. Uh, seems to me that they need an RIP IT department. A rip it department. A rip it department, yeah. Oh, but God, I didn't even get that. Someone call rip it. It's mainly staffed by, <laughs> it's mainly staffed by frogs. Oh, um, yeah, that would be, sorry. I was going to go, it's literally the the cast of the IT crowd. Uh, Morris just shows up but, and goes, hello. Oh, well, can't be doing that. That's, is that the best one I got? Oh, uh, That's the best hymn voice I can do. That's awful. I'm, gonna, I'm uh, never doing that I mean, again. Don't do it. Be fine. Now in what seems to be an infinite holding cell room, they call these folks Dedos, which is the worst breakfast cereal. Uh, yeah, I mean, you want you don't want to be dead in the morning. You want to be cheerful. Hey, kids, you want to wake up to a nice bowl of zombie brains? Check out Dedos. I, I kind of do. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If it's like most American kids' cereals, it's just... sugar and 10% color. Yeah. We made these pieces of sugar red, and we shaped them kind of like brains. Here, eat these dead things for breakfast. I think you're missing your your trick in advertising there. Oh, yeah. I I could sell ice to people who require ice. So it turns out, if you stay on Earth after you're dead, your soul rots, and if enough souls rot then the earth also rots yeah so that that explains all of the uh natural disasters we've had over the past few years it also explains climate change somehow yeah it's see it's not us after all it's these dead people and if we kill enough dead people then wait how if we you don't kill you erase a dead person so also how is staying an option this is a thing nick says channeling the audience uh and their answer is 150,000 people die every day the system was not designed to handle that kind of volume yep you'd have thought because you'd assume that this system was designed by some omnipotent type person because they'd have realized that this was gonna happen yeah or, you know, at, like, since we're talking about a thing that is itself presumably omnipotent, I yeah. think they misunderstood the omni part of that. Yeah, because that's not how it works. Well, surely, if you, I knew, it's not established, this is, they haven't actually established anything except for, like, the St. Christopher Medal, which means that Christianity or Catholicism exists in this universe. So it's like present day. It's real life, I guess. Yeah. But plus, also, Roughly, you've got yeah. the shenanigans. Which, yeah, it's weird. It, it's not all of it's explained. And I think, again, it's because it was a comic series. And apparently it doesn't follow along with the comic series as much. I, Same sort of characters, but like... Film adaptations not paying much attention to the source material is something I'm learning about pop culture. It happens. Yeah, unfortunately it does happen. So It's annoying. So when you're dead in the RIPD and you spend your time on Earth, except when you're at the station... Uh, so do their souls also rot because they're also dead, but in the, 
So I'm going to stop. Well, I'm going to stop trying to make sense of this now because these are well, smart, super secret, fast zombies, and the cops are also zombies, but zombie hunter zombies. That's that's the way this goes now. Oh wow! Thanks, my brain hurts. This is this is movies. My brain hurts now. Thanks. I quite like this shot of a, heli- uh, a helicopter of a historical cop uniforms in this, like when they open up the doors and like, uh, here's a cop from yeah. 1920 and here's a cop from like, uh, all American cop things, I will say, but like, here's a cop from 1920. Here's a cop from like, yeah, well, uh, wearing are... a trench coat, like the forties. Here's a wild West man, you know? Well, I think it is cause they are like the Boston RIPD department. I suspect there's like different ones all over the world that have different. Oh man, uniforms. That would be quite something. Go somewhere that's be been around cool. for a while. Yeah, like London. Oh my God, London! You just got some Vikings there going. Like, I don't know what a cop is, but like, I would occasionally hit people with my sword if they didn't do what the king said. Yeah, I were like, okay, you're in. We need a man yeah. with your skills. What skills are these? So, uh, it's it's a cool scene. I like the shot, the establishing, like, you're in a police department now, and now it's a police movie. And a large, uh, I guess this is a Dedo who, uh, he, I guess he fears for his, uh, life? Question mark? And he tries Uh. to fight his way out in a real confused manner before being gunned down by this Old West sheriff man named Roy. Yes. Which is, I like Roy. Again, Jeff Bridges, like, Anything with Jeff Bridges, it makes me happy. So a new like a new character has joined the party, but also Roy's actions here concern and disgust his fellow colleagues who mutter quietly to themselves and then go about their business. Because, you know, you don't want to kill them. They need to be questioned and interrogated and judged. So Proctor... Uh, who has been showing Nick around, is not impressed and chastises him gently for murder. Yes. And here you're kind of like, why is she being so much nicer to him than she should be? You know, like any other police officer would be like, you just killed a dude. In custody. We're not meant to kill them. They're meant to be alive. Well, I mean, I guess he's dead, is the thing. Well, yeah. But... They're meant to be not dead. Dead. But the thing is, like, they're in cuffs, right? Like, they're... They're bringing yeah. these guys in to presumably like process them somehow and then do the, you know, they're cops. They're not executioners, right? Except, except for Roy yeah. here, who, you know. Is, yeah. So uh, they, Roy fills in some paperwork by just doodling on it with like a bad stick figure lady. Yep. I paused here and looked at what the paperwork is. This is like real paperwork, right? Like this is current day Boston PD stuff, I guess, or like some police department. It, it contains feels like. It, it contains fields like warrant number, which implies that there's actually like procedural rules and due process involved here, because why would you have, why would you need a warrant number and let you, right? Yeah. So I guess uh, Roy just gets to summarily execute though, right? Like he just gets to summarily execute prisoners. Oh yeah, he gets, he gets a free pass on murdering. Yeah, boy. So Nick and uh, Roy guess, are introduced uh, and Roy is flagrantly rude to Nick for like the whole movie. Yeah. He is just, it's it's just real. I mean, Nick's not really that polite to Roy, so <laughs> yeah, but not at like he he was ready to shake hands and like Roy yeah. wasn't because he pulls his hand away. So I'm like, nope, you got her, net, son. Okay, listen, <laughs> it's, that's a heck of a first impression there, Roy. Roy does not care for other people's opinions. 
He's an old cowboy. He's from the old west. Of course he is. Oh yeah, he's literally from the 1800s. So cut back to a to where they go out onto the streets to to get. Uh, I guess this is in the induction thing. So within like 20 minutes, I guess of being dead and learning that there is an afterlife and learning that there is a police department in the afterlife and signing up to the police department, they just put him straight on the beat. Yep, just immediately. That's it. He's. I mean, I suppose it's not long after he'd been dead. He'd been killed as a police officer, so he kind of still has the experience. He's probably like still partially keep going that way. I get you, but like nobody with like a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, maybe PowerPoint. Well, they don't have computers. How are they going to do a PowerPoint presentation? I don't know. The overhead slides, whatever transparencies. You know, there's, there's ways to do. Nobody's going to take him into a into a little classroom with all the rest of the inductees and be like, "Okay, rookies, here's the deal," right? And have him go like, "I'm no rookie. What are you talking about?" That would have been a funny scene. I could, you could have done yeah. something with that. But anyway, uh, they exit in onto the street through a VHS repair shop. Because that's, uh, you know, and uh, it was said, you know, might want to try hiding this somewhere slightly more secret. Yeah. When, cool. When's if, the last time you had a VHS repaired. repaired? Yeah. Or a VCR no repaired, one. I guess. Yeah. Which I would be questioning, like, how is a VCR repair place in business right now? I don't. I mean, it is a concerning that it plays. I guess they sell other stuff, but eh. maybe. What happens but... if I were to show up and be like, "Hey, I actually want to buy a CRT," and that clerk there who appears to be like a mannequin of some kind he doesn't acknowledge yeah. them if he's a human, or maybe dead, or maybe or he's maybe dead. Like actually, I don't know. maybe he's a corpse. Maybe. Cut to Nick's funeral, which again, within like an hour or something, right? Or within a couple of days here, I guess. Yep. Which is insane, because that's just very quick. That is very quick. Yep. Because funerals happen generally pretty quick after a person's dead, right? Yeah. So Roy will not shut the fuck up. Because, of course, he, I mean, he's he is, like, an angry, angry cowboy. I guess, but his up. thing is like, I'm going to let you soak it in. I'm going to, you know, it's okay. We're going to move on from that. Thank you. Thank you, Roy. Thank you. So Nick, uh, Nick's widow hugs Hayes, who, as we know, is the guy who killed Nick, but she doesn't know that he's the man who killed her husband. So she thinks that he was friend, like her husband's best friend. Yeah. He's he's quite chill about this. She just doesn't know. So, hey. Why would she? Well, nobody else appears to have done any investigations into the death of a fellow officer. No, uh, which concerns me. Why would you not investigate this information? Like, it's okay. Hey, this gun appears to have your prints on it around about trigger high. What do you think? Right, like nothing? Nobody's going to? Anyway, I guess guess that would be too much to expect of a police department. I don't know. Apparently nobody's allowed to. Nobody is allowed to question like, other police shit. officers, especially no. especially this one. But that's not how they work in this universe. You're not allowed to question. Nope. Him. Nick decides to go down there and speak with her, but no one recognizes him because hand wavy universe rules nonsense. It's just how it works in this world. Apparently, I'm fine with that. I will allow it. Now he looks like an elderly Chinese man. <laughs> Holy shit, that's James Hong. 
Yeah. That's fucking James Hong, man. I'm in it. I'm I'm super yeah, I love James Hong. He's great. I don't know any actors, well, but I, I know James Hong. He was in all my favorite cartoons. <laughs> what I love about this film is is literally the fact that that is such a well played on trope through the entire movie. It's so good. That he's just, you know, this big tall bombshell blonde. Oh yeah, that's who Roy <laughs> he just, is. He looks like a yeah. super attractive lady wearing a low cut dress. It's just the funniest thing because it's really well played on. It's fantastic. And then you see these wonderful sort of shots of the slow-mo lady with the big blonde hair waving it back as if shampoo commercialing uh, with the, with yeah. just like and a 2013 James Hong in a, a like a sh- uh, I don't know, like a call it old man attire like he's wearing a fishing hat yeah and sort of like i'm retired why do i need to look good my wife doesn't care that's fine check out my wife here and like bombshell blonde yeah everyone's like uh everyone's like, how jesus how rich happen? is he very rich i guess so very rich apparently cut to roy driving like a maniac sideways Yep, that's exactly how that works. That concerns me, I have to say, because like he's clearly driving an automatic, and so his foot is his foot on the gas. How is his foot on the back? No, can't. That hurts. I guess maybe so he much. clutched over whatever gear he's in, and then just sort of like he coulda, but that's a bad idea. In fact, a lot of Roy's yeah. ideas are bad ideas. Because, like, and this car is a... not, like, some super special other... This is, like, a real-life car. And and if he's if he's actually driving an automatic, then that's trickier to just do that. Either way, it's <laughs> not a, a good idea to, to sort of sit sideways and then... Anyway, so we're, we're agreed this yeah. is dumb. Yeah, very stupid. They did it to look cool, like, uh, hey, look, he's wearing his hat sideways. That means he's cool. It's presented as that sort of thing. And it's just not. No, it's it's dumb and it's dangerous and no. <laughs> uh, Roy has a thing for ankles. Because, I mean, that makes sense, though, in a way. Like, as he says, you know, in my day, women address more modestly. That, that, yeah, that makes you far joke. less creepy. This is not staring at the butt. Right here, I swear I got, like, Ryan Reynolds has just always been Deadpool. He always was. That's that's just how it was. It's worked. wonderful. Can't help it. It's so good, right? You remember when everybody was like, I don't know, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool? Is that good casting? And everyone just started posting, the man is a walking frat party. Yes, he is Deadpool. Yeah. I've always, the thing is, I've always found him absolutely hilarious. Oh, he is. So I think I, I don't think I was ever questioning whether he'd be a good Deadpool. I think I was always like, yeah, no, he would be absolutely amazing. Oh, we were always both of but... us Team Ryan. Oh yeah, always Team Ryan. Ryan is badass. So, and um, uh, Roy's full name is uh, Roy Cephalus. Roy Cephas. No, Roy Cephas. Something. Yeah. I don't remember the rest of it, but uh, I can't remember. It was considered a very sexy name at the time. <laughs> like he's got this before, right? Yeah, he's he's clearly been working with someone, and they've gone uh. Uh, Walt, and he's like, "Look, people thought it was sexy. It's like calling your Chad." Chad Child. Yes, I'm sticking with that. That's what it's I like said. Calling, I'm sticking with it. It's called. It's like calling your Chad Child. Yeah. Come here, child. I'm Chad. Yeah, of course you are. Yep. 
Oh boy. So Roy uh, also was betrayed by his partner. That's how he got eaten by coyotes, I guess. Or coyotes. Coyotes. Repeatedly, coyotes. Why? I I guess I'd call them coyotes over there. Yeah, you call them coyotes over there. That's a perfectly fine way to pronounce that. Fair enough. It's uh, it's tomato, tomato. You know, some people say it tomato and other people say it tomato. It's just like that. Okay. <laughs> Cut to some uh, tactical curry. Ah, the tactical curry. See this? This I like. I like the curry thing. It makes me happy for some weird reason. I I enjoy it. Yeah, because this is some curry that uh, I get. Where, we'll figure it out in just a minute. Uh, but you can tell where a dedo is by their soul stank, which is the thing Roy says. I love the idea of a soul stank. I just you know. It's, it would take a whole new level for ghost hunters. Yeah, I mean, it kills plants and makes electronics malfunction. So um, I know a couple of people with some soul stank, evidently, because yeah. cannot keep a plant alive for the life of them. And they have the weirdest technical difficulties with everything. I am clearly not dead because I am surrounded by plants and my computer runs perfectly. <laughs> yeah, that's the main <laughs> test. Yeah. So I also love curry. Also, so I mean, clearly you pass all three tests because they ride the elevator up, and Roy hands Nick uh, a speed loader full of soul killer bullets. Which actually, these bullets look kind of sweet. They do. It's a shame that you only ever see them when they're being loaded into the gun. There's that they're not particularly useful otherwise. They are kind of neat looking. I guess they sort of put a, a plastic tip on it with an LED in there to diffuse the light. It's really quite neat looking. Yeah, it does look really cool, and it, it ends up being really fun. So. Good job, art department. So uh, yeah. you hit the Dedo okay, in the cool. head with one of these, and they get erased from the cosmos. That's just, I, I need those for some people. Yeah, because, uh, you know, they don't work on regular people, though. That's the thing they says. I'd be worried if they did. Yeah, they work on uh, people like Roy, though, like dead people. It only works on dead people. But, well, yeah, it's essentially like rock salt in this universe, I suspect. Is rock salt known for its uh, anti-undead properties? It's meant to kill ghosts, or at least stop ghosts. Oh. Supposedly. Okay. Well, uh... What can I say? Whoever's using that means to maybe pack those into a bullet. Yeah, I mean, watch Supernatural and you'll understand the rock salt shotgun shell. Uh, I don't think I've seen Supernatural. <laughs> but they seem to have the right idea. It, Whatever it is, pack oh, it yeah. into some ammunition and shoot the thing in the face. Always shoot the thing in the face. That's how you do things. Guns make the bad things go away, right? Right, American movies? Yep. Cool. That's, that's the only way that you can fix things is guns, apparently. So they follow the trail of malfunctioning lights and uh, wall slime, I guess. Uh, So it's time to get their snowman on. Get frosty. Yep. Get icy hot. It's that the frosty phrase is, like, annoying for me anyway. Can't help it. I mean, I'm okay with something like, you know, stay frosty. All right? Because that's that's okay. That's a thing that's said. But as as Nick correctly says, are you trying to talk like a cop? I don't, like, yeah, I'm frosty. Chill. Like, <laughs> it comes across as like an old. You remember being a teenager and having like someone in their forties say, "That's pretty cool, right?" Yeah, and you're like, "Oh God, no!" It's sort of 
seems like it comes across that way. Yeah, it does. It's it's very weird. So the man they're interviewing here uh, is very upset by uh, by Indian food, I guess. Can't entirely blame him. I get well. No, I love Indian food, so I I don't like it when it's like being aimed at me, though. Like people eating it in front of me. Yeah, because Jeff Bridges just sort of loads a bunch of it into his mouth and then starts talking. He goes, he goes off on. Oh, it. he's deliberately like, gross. Oh yeah. Think about like a three, year, like a how and a one year old will eat spaghetti. It's pretty much that. That's that's it. Yep. Uh, I just don't understand this at all. Uh, they, the dude is like, I guess it's the cumin. So they just don't like cumin. But why don't they like cumin? I I don't. I, they don't understand. They literally say for some reason. It's like they don't know. <laughs> that's the like they don't even try to make it make sense. They're like I don't know spices. Fuck it, right? Like, something had to do it. Yeah. It's just safe cumin. That's that's how this works. Apparently, we need something that makes the dedo turn into these monster things we paid for. You could just think that somebody was one of them was sitting in the kitchen. And just went, oh, 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 that'll work. That'll work. Like Cuban. So the man transforms into this weird, uncanny valley zombie version of himself as Nick fumbles with the weird handcuffs and uh, he tears the fridge door off the fridge and then slams Nick or tries to smash Nick with it and then embeds the thing in the wall. Yeah, because, I mean, they apparently get much stronger when they become deados. I guess. And they are, like, turned, I guess is the phrase. That's apparently just how that works. Yeah. They get stronger. Didn't you know when you die, you get, like, way stronger? I didn't know that. I I thought it was the opposite. <laughs> yeah, also, fridge doors get stronger because the those things are just a sheet of aluminium with some foam in it, right? That's not yeah, embedding that's... itself into anything, Especially no. a solid brick wall. I can't. I really, honestly, cannot see how that would even remotely work. But apparently, you know, it's movie universe logic. It's movie logic. So then he grabs the 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 zombie man thing, grabs the milk carton from the fridge, and escapes by tearing his own arm off. Yep, that seems so lovely. Oh. I die. I guess he's no. dead. So I mean, they got regeneration powers or something, probably. Maybe, or maybe it just reattaches. One of them had gravity powers earlier. Jesus, like, it's not, everything's allowed now. Everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not explained, and it's annoying, but I guess it's just normal in that universe. He then uh, swallows whatever was in there and jumps down what looks like 50 stories or something, followed by Nick and Roy, who advises him to relax his body. And then yep. and- says, relax body! Just so much relaxed body, which just comes back far too often. I don't know why they took the the uh, out of that. Or your. Relax your yeah. body. Relax the body. Relax a body. Just relax I suppose it body! Was, I suppose it was originally because it was meant, it, you know, he has not much time to go, dude, relax. Except here he says both ways. He, on the way down, he's like, relax yeah. your body. What? Relax body! And the second time takes longer. As they, as he yeah. cowboys Nick's body down to the ground and just slams his head into so many railings. So many different railings. It's ridiculous. It's just, I, it, I found it very 
Nick then uh, beats the man with his own severed arm until he vomits gold chunks, which look suspiciously like the ones he buried under the orange tree earlier in the film. Which is very weird. I mean, why? Also, I get the. I guess that you just beat the shit out of people that you catch because they're dead. So who cares, right? Yeah, I mean, he already shot someone in the face. Yeah. Roy, so. Roy definitely shoots this man in the face because he tries to lunge at Nick. Uh, Nick has just about had it with Roy, uh, who is consistently... Uh, so uh, Nick just throws him under the bus that is coming under yeah. here. Like literally throw... He, Quite yeah. literally. Roy is mostly upset it's... about his hat, though, as they arrive back at the station. And the hat... He, he just wants his hat he back. He wants his hat back. <laughs> Fuck. You know, or, you know how you get a 18th century hat anywhere? Jesus. No. Well, you can't. Not, not accurately made, anyway. Looks like there's some sort of a commotion. And everything goes a bit wrong. No? No, not yet. This is just everything's going crazy and everyone's rushing around at the precinct. So it looks like Proctor dislikes how Roy works, but it's pretty busy. So she needs them both back on the beat. Right after they put the gold chunks into evidence. Mm-hmm. Nick wants... That incredible evidence. So good evidence. Look, this guy had gold bits. Yep. Nick wants to follow up on the gold for what I assume are mostly personal reasons, but also because he legitimately is a cop and has spotted a lead and wants to follow it. Yep. And he's also concerned about the fact that this gold is turning up with the dead, dead the deados and in the human sort of run. I guess, yeah. He's probably like, uh, what the fuck? Well, I think he just smells something weird, as it were. Something smells weird, yeah. and he's going, I'd like to figure out what that is. It's maybe nothing. But it may be something. So they find Roy's informant at Fenway Park, where, uh, yeah, this informant, he's mostly spending his dead time just watching every Red Sox game. Hmm. So they eat some hot dogs, despite not being hungry or being able to taste them. Roy enjoys the mouthfeel. Yeah, because <laughs> I love the phrase mouthfeel. It makes me laugh. It's hilarious. It's so... It's just... it is, I can't think of a better way to say that, though. No, it, no the, the thing is like this, the mouthfeel, I think it is actually a technical term. It is, yeah. And it works, and I don't. I don't. I guess why. texture, but then, like, you're describing the food itself or the thing itself, and not the the sensation of eating the food. I can't yeah. think of another way to say it. No, oh, the mouthfeel is the only thing that makes perfect sense. So, because so Elliot yeah. here doesn't know anything, by which I mean he definitely knows something. Yeah. So they stake him out. Which is concerning. They give the dog yep. a bone, and Roy does not understand this newfangled young man police stuff despite the fact that, like, hasn't he worked with anybody at this? You would have thought some people would be sharing information about methods. Yeah. Like, for the looks of it, he's worked uh, at the... He's, he's, he's been there for a while. He said he's had his, his time extended, like, three times. And if he was in the 1800s and you get 100 years, he would have left at the start of the 1900s. Uh, yes and no. Later on, he also there's a joke about him fighting for the North, which puts us squarely in the 1860s. Okay, so still middle of the 19th. I mean, it's still he did have, he still still would have been well out of his hundred years by the point of this movie. Mm -hmm. 
like by the point of this happening. And so he's already had it extended. Oh yeah, we had it extended times, once. So. Well, if he's had it extended once, then that brings us into present day because yeah. if it was like another anyway, so it makes one thing <laughs> one thing makes sense in this movie already. <laughs> Just one. Oh man, my throat. Oh man. Ah. Please stop dying. What's going on? Water. Please stop dying. No more death. Probably all that cumin I ate. All that cumin will fuck with your chest. And then you will be in a graveyard because you are dead. And and not because it's actually a nice place to be. You ever been to a graveyard? There's nobody there. Well, I mean, there's people there, but they're not around anymore. I don't know. I quite like graveyards. They're kind of nice. They're quiet. Which is good. So Elliot uh, hands over the gold to Hayes, who appears in uh, his Mustang, because villains always drive American cars. Always. And I do like a Mustang. They're pretty cars. They're pretty cars. Shame about the cornering. Uh, Nick and Roy decide to pursue Hayes all the way back to Nick's house, where Hayes has bought Julia some snacks and persuades her to let him dig up the orange tree her husband planted the day he died. Mm. Which is, yeah, perfectly normal. As they find the goal, uh, the goal, the gold. Man, today is not a good voice day. Roy is less than impressed. Can't blame him. But, you know, he can't really be blamed for the shit that he did prior to this. Uh, well, he can, I mean, I guess but... that's a thing he did, though. Still, like, a crooked cop thing to do. And Roy doesn't know any better, yeah. so he's like, all right, you explain yourself. As he aims a gun at the guy. <laughs> the fuck have you done? Because Roy's answer to everything is, well, I guess I'll just kill it. And, and then, yeah, just shoot it. You'll be fine. Yeah, if you kill things, if you kill enough things, then everything that's left alive is all the things that you want to be alive. Right? Maybe. That's the way to solve the world. Is it though? According to Roy, it is. So as he continues to antagonize Nick, Nick finally just punches the dude in the face repeatedly, which, uh, frankly, good. Yep. Eventually, you just gotta lose your temper and punch him in the face. That's what I do after all. I don't. Well, we've established that these guys can fall from fifty stories up straight onto, you know, neck first into a handrail, and uh, be fine. And they are. I mean, they're already dead, so what more damage could they be done doing to themselves? Yeah, they still feel it, though, which I guess is the point. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think I'd be able to enjoy that. <laughs> be like, yay, I could do anything. Oh, that still hurts. So, okay. I guess Maybe it not. would be a little different if, like, you, you imagine there's, like, a, you know, an, a wrestling team for the, the RIPD or something or an MMA hmm. competition where it's just like, well, you're not going to hurt the guy. Like, so just, he's going to be hurt, yeah. but you can't injure people. That's not a thing that happens to us anymore. Get him. I guess you can... Keep trying to get him. Yeah, so the... Anyway, the two nonetheless decide to trail Hayes into a building together. Which is, again, perfectly normal, I guess. Roy continues to dismiss the emotional struggles of a man who literally died yesterday suggesting that his pain isn't real proper manly pain and that he needs to get over it until it develops into a dull, persistent ache, like a man does it. Is that how men do it? Uh, Unfortunately, yes, a lot of the time. Fair enough. Uh, That's not a healthy thing. It's not how you ought to do it. 
but it's a lot of the way that we do right. do it. <laughs> pretend there aren't emotions. What's one of those? I don't know. Like, it's not so much you pretend there aren't any. It's that from a young age, you're taught, okay, the only emotion you're allowed to show is rage. So <sighs> if you're feeling happy, just churn that into rage, will you? Right away. I don't get uh, I don't get that, but then I'm not a man, so why would I? But yeah, this guy's from the 1800s, and he's like, boo-hoo, oh, you died, oh no, whatever. And it's like, okay, so hang the fuck on. <laughs> so yeah. you were you died and you were not upset at all. Well, he was upset. He was eaten by coyotes. He had to Among watch as the coyotes ate him. Among other things. So he was upset back then, and now he's like, no, let it develop into a dull, persistent ache. And he's upset that this man in front of him has not done this more quickly, I guess. Yeah, then, you know, within a couple of days, because that's normal. Uh, Mufi, I think it's time for this podcast. Ask Mufi what this pickup line is actually, is it good? Is it a good pickup line time? That's the name of the segment. Okay, that's our segment. Cool. Hit me. I do music videos. Home phone numbers on the back. <laughs> nah, that would not work. But Mufi, he does music videos, and th- like you can ac- you can call him so easily. Look, it's just a number. Yeah, I think I'd I'd rather get a drunk alone in a room. Yeah, so would Roy, because let's remember to everyone else he looks like a super attractive lady. So this random guy it's, in the the bus station, I guess it's not clear where they are. No, it's not really not clear where they are. I think it's a transit station of some form, but maybe what? Maybe I don't know. It's an American transit station. But this random dude just comes up to him as she's speaking to uh, again. Let's remember James Hong, <laughs> and he goes like, "Hey, baby." So first of all. <laughs> He's just interrupted a conversation, which is rude. So, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. Uh, I think when you are going to deliver a pickup line to someone, interrupting their conversation is its uh, probably... Not the best way to do it. It's like the best way to do it. No, I, no don't. If you see someone in a conversation, stay out of the conversation unless they invite you into it. If you have to hit on them, wait until they're done. I no. <laughs> I don't think this man had a choice in the matter because this is the point in the movie where someone had to hit on Roy. Yes. And and unfortunately that's just how that's worked. Poor stupid man. Looks like there's a deddo here. Uh Hayes hands him the briefcase with all the gold in it. Uh Nick Gold, gold! Nick and Roy uh, apprehend the man at gunpoint and bring him to a commercial kitchen's freezer for questioning. Hey, do you know what? I love the way they're just like, kitchen? Kitchen. Yeah, freezer. Let's do this shit. They're just in. They just know where the freezer this... is. Well, yeah, everyone knows where the freezer is. Did you not know this? I... You instinctively know where a freezer is. Yeah, this is a power they have. So instead of answering questions, the man turns into a big fat guy we saw in the intro and proceeds to intro his way up a building like some sort of visual Uncanny Valley visual effect man video game thing. That could go on a t-shirt. Yeah. That could go, God. That'd be interesting, just a word. It'd be confusing. It hurts my brain anyway. 
Again, does this guy have gravity powers? No one else seems to have gravity powers. Why does he get to have gravity powers? I don't know. Because even uh, Roy has gravity powers in a minute when he shoots him in the butt. <laughs> yeah, Roy doesn't. I mean, he has a grappling hook attachment for his soul gun. I don't know why I pronounced it like that, except that earlier they said soul stank and and like affected uh, an African-American vernacular for only that line. Just that one line. And that's what I'm making fun of. So if that's not clear, sorry. But yeah, that's what I'm doing because this is preposterous. Like this old West man is saying things like soul stank. I mean, I think stank's not necessarily an African-American thing. I think it's just a thing. It's the way he said it. Well, no, because like I think stank is like not an off thing to say. I might be wrong. It came honestly. across to me like he was affecting a a vernacular that isn't his. But yeah, I mean, the maybe accent I'm wrong. More. Maybe I'm oversensitive to it. Maybe, maybe it is an 1800s accent. Maybe we don't know because we weren't living in the 1800s. Maybe not. As the man rampages through the city, uh, Nick is hit by a car, and uh, just as bystanders make sure he's all right. I love the fact that he appears to be. Holding a banana. Yep. Because, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, really, I get the point. Because, that's, again, that's it's the cover. Wonderful. So it does explain why they were able to hold a man at gunpoint in a crowded, excuse me, in a crowded place. Yeah. Without uh, anybody questioning it. And nobody's, do, I would question why a man is holding a banana to somebody's throat and ushering but them into. Less than. Less than if it's a gun. gun. Yeah. Yeah. So far, uh, there's just more, there's so much rampaging and the, it, I would even go so far as to say that it ensues movie. It does. Violence ensues. And there's some it's serious, that's not how elevators work sections. <laughs> yeah. That really, that one section, when everything just flies up. First off, I've never heard of that happening ever. Secondly, is this because of that? the uh, the dedo's gravity powers that it suddenly i guess i mean i guess he has more of an gravity run. powers but not here maybe or is it inverting the gravity powers so everything's i don't understand much more gravity it's uh, <laughs> it's um, i'm done trying to make sense of this uh back at the station proctor is not impressed given that the humans now understand that there are dedos Kind of. She said just doing it in daylight. Yeah, like, the humans aren't supposed to understand what's going on. And my first question is, why not? You, you couldn't use there the backup? Humans in the past. You couldn't yeah. use the backup? Literally pop these guys and let the humans throw the military at them and be like, well, alright. Yeah. They're dead, they're dead. So. And like, on top of that, surely someone's seen these before. This cannot be the first time in however many millennia that someone has seen one of the deados like that makes no sense there's no way that's possible yeah so time for a reprimand from eternal affairs which i guess i i guess this is a stand-in for like either a deity or like whatever subcommittee the deity like this is like the afterlife is run by bureaucrats i read it as a a joke on internal affairs. Oh, it definitely is that. Yeah. It is that. I just, I, that's, the thing is, I just read it as that. 
I'm building an org chart in my head, right? I'm building an organizational Uh, chart in my head going, wait, who? Wait, who's who's running this? Why is there a manager? Why would you need a manager? (laughs) Yeah, maybe she's someone's brother. Everybody needs a manager. I don't know. She's someone's brother or something, and they're like, all right, uh, yeah, I'll hire my sister, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Maybe she is. So it turns out that the gold is part of an artifact called the Staff of Jericho. Which is a great uh, biblical reference, really, because it's the... It's, what is it, well, the it's a Jericho? city that had walls around it, and yeah. then you had to walk around the walls three times, and then the walls fell down. Except, of course, Jericho is like a real place, and we know where it is, and there's never been walls in Jericho. No. So that's... Probably because God tore them all down, right? Oh yeah, that's how it works. Like, isn't, isn't it? In every God timeline, except the one yeah. that the Bible talks about, it where it had a wall. Yeah. Don't it's, ask it's questions. Bad. It's. I'm sure it was a reference somewhere else. Well, the the staff of Jericho specifically. Yeah, no, I've never heard of a staff I, of Jericho. I was I was sure it happened somewhere else, but I'm obviously going a bit bonkers. And Nick Might has also never heard of the Staff of Jericho because it's a made up thing for this movie. Yep. And uh, uh, they you know feather it in for the new guy guys, and they do. Uh, it turns out that the bad guys need this MacGuffin and uh, the blood of thine enemy. It's the return of the MacGuffin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, MacGuffin returns. <laughs> That's like MacGuffin 3, MacGuffin Returns. The, it's not MacGuffin 2. Movie, there's diagrams and everything. I know. Like Eternal Affairs. I love them, these diagrams. A, like an Ikea list, <laughs> like Ikea instructions yeah. saying, okay, now if you do need to put this thing together for some reason, here's how to do it. This is how you do it. This thing is, I love these instructions because if you look at it, it was clearly just drawn by someone in the prop department. Oh, I'm like, going to go further than that. This is just, they, they took their concept art. Yeah. And printed it out. <laughs> because, it, you know, for me personally, I was kind of thinking, oh, well, she's got paperwork, so it must be like a proper a proper diagram or something. No, no, it, it's kids' drawings. <laughs> like, essentially, it's it's just quick sketchy, sketchy drawings. Yeah. Very funny. So uh, Roy here saying, why would someone make something like that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's not wrong. It's it it does it does the thing. It's like all of these weird historical artifacts that you get in movies. You know the ones that will destroy the world. Oh yeah. You're looking at it going, why would anybody like not even just the big bad or the evil yeah. nemesis or whatever? Why would anybody build something that would destroy the world? Because if you are trying to take over the world, destroying it, not necessarily the smartest move. Yeah, I'll also go Ark of the Covenant from the Indiana Jones on that one, because it's like, yeah. well, if they open it up, then they'll know what the Covenant is. <laughs> well, okay. isn't, but hang on, we know what the... Uh, 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 no questions, if you open it, your face will melt off. Because that's how the world works. Because apparently. because that's not how you're... like. What, what are you going to do, alter the Covenant? I think God will know. You need both parties to make the agreement. <laughs> yeah, like you can't just have one person alter something. I don't know what works. they're trying to do with that thing, other than like maybe open it up at a, an opposing army and melt them. Maybe, 
Maybe that's what they want to do. I kind of hope not. But then, like, like, they could just not look at it. Look at it. Yeah. Don't uh, just why it, it's very. It's a very weird. So this thing, is one of those. Find. This is definitely one of those. Yeah, this is one of those weird. Why would you build that? Things three thousand years ago, some dude with a hammer was like, "You know what? I've just built this uh, this little doll for my daughter, and uh, I've got a couple hours. I'm going to build yeah. this doomsday device." Oh yeah, totally. That's how this works. Oh wait, oops, honey, have you okay. seen? Uh, I built a part yesterday for the doomsday device. Uh, it looks sort of like an X. It has uh, blood runes all over it. You haven't seen where my blood rune hammer is, have you? No. I don't know. No. Did you leave it I in the garage? I swear I left it right here. Oh, no, you're right. It's in the garage. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, honey. What's for dinner? To roast child. Well, that's just dark. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> this is me. You're expecting me to go anywhere other than dark? <laughs> I love this idea of the guy who made it being like bored on a Sunday and being like, oh, God, I, I'm sure I built this part yesterday. Did I not? I guess I drew yeah. it. Shit, I got more work to do. <laughs> it's never a modern thing either. It's like a dude 5,000 years ago. It's never a dude yeah. like last Saturday. And it's always weirdly technologically advanced as well. Oh, always. Like, there's no way someone 5,000 years ago would have built it, but apparently they did. Uh, uh. Side note, I hate a lot of that shit because it's all, it's frequently like, those people in the past were so advanced. Look, they were able to do things we were able to do only 200 years ago. And then it's like, so, and also, then it's like, oh yeah, but it was aliens though. Always aliens. God, I hate that. <sighs> It's one of the most overused tropes in the history of movies. I was waiting oh, well, for they... aliens to be involved here. They're not. Spoiler. Thank. But they're not. Yeah. It's the dead. You can't involve aliens in the dead. Really... Cut to an athletics track where after after dark, where Nick decides to visit Julie, who is uh, visibly freaked out to be approached and creepily touched by this old Chinese man who crashed her husband's funeral. But also kind of, you know, has a moment of, oh, wait, Nick used to what? I guess uh, he holds her chin just the way Nick did. Uh, I wasn't paying attention earlier in the film for this sort of thing, but I guess <laughs> I, I, I didn't see this particular, like, chin waggle thing. I didn't see, I don't remember seeing that. I it kind of like, it clearly has meaning, but a bit weird. Evidently not enough meaning because she runs away. Yeah, it's strange. And right on cue, here's Roy to undercut what was otherwise a lovely romantic moment. Yep. But it's this thing, Roy is just great comedic value in this movie. He He really is. He doesn't want to let the audience figure anything out for ourselves, does he? No. (laughs) Well, you see, uh, the the point here is that, oh, Christ, Roy, shut up. We got it. We understand. Go go away, Roy. Let us have a moment, please. Soylent Green's his people. Yeah, I, we got that. I got it, Roy. Thank you. Uh, here on a barge. For, uh, oh, no, hang on. First, they have to hurt each other's feelings. Yep. That so, has to happen. Uh, after Nick says some hurtful stuff to Roy about, uh, you know, the coyote. Yeah. Roy, in an attempt to... They, he tries to get Roy to leave him the hell alone by just insulting the shit out of him, and I guess they just sort of end up hanging out on a barge together. 
Yep, because that's exactly how that works when you have an argument and you don't want to talk to someone. I hate you. Also, let's walk over this unspecified distance over to this barge in the middle of the the river here. Don't ask how we got here. Just like, we're here now. We'll just hang. It'll be fine. And, uh, yeah, here on the barge, they resolve to get back out there and solve the case. Suspension be damned. Also, they were suspended. They were suspended. Because, you know, they allowed this gold to get into the hands of (laughs) <laughs> in, well, no, they wrecked the whole city and allowed people yeah. to see the deados. Uh, but they all, but the yep. thing that got them leniency was like, oh, you also happened to find this weird gold stuff. So you know, well, we've got information. We can work with this now. This is cool. Uh, Hayes, uh, they suspect being a dedo, but he didn't have any sort of soul stank, though. He no. must have. He must have some sort of artifact that could mask it, like a spiritual deodorant, like that medal of Saint Christopher. He always. That's all it takes. All it yeah, apparently. Why doesn't everybody do that? Maybe it's... it's what I don't get is that they could have... There are other saints. Patron saint of travellers, to me, seems a little bit of an odd choice, but... Fine. Cut to Hayes, handing out some artifact to a random dude at a restaurant. Is, is this the Red Sox guy? No, no, it's a different guy. He's but he's got tall. more hair this time. He does, like that's he's also clearly not the same guy because they're guess. all dead. Okay, so your hair don't grow when you're dead. I guess not, or maybe it does. I don't know the rules. So cut again to Julie, who calls up Hayes and says she thinks that that creepy old Chinese man who crashed her funeral and later walked straight up to her and silently touched her face might be Nick. Which is, I, I mean, where that came into power into play i'm confused but you know if she makes her happy so mufi uh we're we're gonna do a segment in the show we call uh mufi rates your um mufi rates your pickup lines even when they're your pickup actions your pickupness that's the name of the thing that whole pickup skills yeah mufi rates your pickup skills so you've just had a funeral for your husband okay yeah like not even a week ago, maybe. And uh, I'm just going to walk straight up to you and touch your face. Yeah, I'd punch you. Well, Julie doesn't. Yeah, I don't know why I would. Strange man, racetrack, just punch me in the face. Seems very sensible to me. Turns out Hayes is deado, and he has the other half of that thing that he gave to random dude in a restaurant. This is not a gold thing. It's another kind of thing. It's another doodad. It's a silver thing. The other thing's a MacGuffin. This is a doodad. Held in a strangely technologically advanced, but also seemingly quite old mechanism box. I guess. I mean, like, that's some custom work, right? It looks like an electric lock, but it also looks like an old old runes and shit. Yeah, it's like got uh, made up blood runes on it. They go well, to, everyone has to make up blood runes. They go to Hayes' house, they corner him, and as he takes off the St. Christopher's medal, quite casually-like, uh, looks like his stank is house-shatteringly awful. Yeah. That was, um... The other stank. That was a great shot, though. It was a great shot, but also, like, this is a smell we're talking about, right? I'm not sure it's necessarily a smell, more of a... I guess it causes global warming, so it has yeah. more than one effect. Maybe. 
I mean, I don't think it's a smell necessarily. I think it's more of a an energy, an aura. Sure. Well, this aura is, uh, it shatters houses, like this house he's in. Yeah, which is insane. Like, either that's because he's been holding it in for too long. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you hold it in for too long. Yep. When it, it finally just, comes it out. Oh, boy. Destroys a house. Somebody. Am I really going to make this joke movie? Am I disappointing myself? I think you're going to have to. Somebody light a match. (sighs) I haven't got any matches nearby. Sorry. Uh, They look for the gold, which uh, for some reason Nick reckons is in the boiler. When you work with Guy for five years, maybe you're like, hey, if you were to hide some sort of contraband, where would you put the contraband? Mm. Maybe that's a conversation Uh, all police officers have with one another. Oh, always. Just put the contraband in the place where you put the contraband. Maybe. Side note, a piece of gold that is that large. Like, if this is solid gold, the thing that Buddy picks up here, the big hex, it would weigh something like 50 kilos. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to put it on his shoulder. Well, uh, no, I mean, you could pick it up, just not that easily. Yeah, he's 40 plus air about it. It's very weird. Or... Low-key jacked. It's Jeff Bridges, so... Yeah, the lady, though, too. The lady person, who is what he looks like. Her holding this thing, it just looks like it's made of papier-mâché. Probably because it is, in fact, made of papier-mâché. I would have added some weight to it. Give it some heft. You know, help the actors out a little. Yeah, give give it a... I don't know. But I mean, they they throw this thing around. It's like gold, and I'm sitting there going, like, wait, what's? The... I had stopped the movie here uh, on the second watch and was like, wait, what's the density mm. of gold? How large is this yeah, object? And I started doing math, movie, because this bothered me. I don't know why it bothered me. It kind of bothered me, but at the same time, I just kind of went, okay, movie logic. Yeah, this guy can just this guy can curl fifty kilos. That's fine. Everyone can do that, right? No. <laughs> so they load Hayes into the car having arrested him and he's uh, smiling almost as if he's been scheming big almost as if this is what he wanted all along you remember when Hayes got shot and no one could believe he pulled through he didn't <laughs> that was turns dead. out so back at the station they're booking Hayes who still seems to have some sort of big scheme up his scheme yep because that's he's the baddie. He has to have a big scheme up his sleeve. That's how it works. You gotta you gotta put that <clears throat> scheme straight up the scheme. Yep. What's the scheme? Well, you see those two silver things that they had earlier and are now uh, being confiscated. This is the doodad, not the MacGuffin. The doodad, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, but see, that was quite clever. I liked that. It, yeah. It, like, it's You're, a this smart, is gonna get trick. this is gonna get confiscated. And it's going to get put in the bin with your belongings, right? And then I'm going to get arrested, and it's going to get put in a different bin with my belongings, right? Yeah. They're they're relying on rather a lot of people going like, oh, yeah, just throw the same thing in the thing with the other thing. Which is weird, because my assumption when I was watching that was like, why is she throwing the same thing? Like, yeah, it's the same shape as the other one. But like, it's not a good plan. 
it's not no. a good plan. It relies on somebody there being like not doing their job right. Which clearly the uh uh what's the word? <laughs> Policeman? Uh the people in Archivist? the That's it then. Yeah. Clearly they're not doing their job. I don't know what their because, actual like, job description is, but archivist is pretty close probably. Evidence. The evidence guys, that's the word. They're yeah. not doing their job very well if they just throw something from a completely different case into the same basket. I also don't case. know what their procedures are like because maybe dead no. people have a different procedure. Maybe. Maybe that was true. I mean, you know what it reminds me of a little bit is uh, I did the IT crowd episode a while ago. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'll take this fire and I'll put it over here with the other fire. Yep. And approximately as dangerous as that, because uh, the two silver things are now in a basket together and they start spinning about ominously. Because that's how you tell something's going to go wrong. Yeah, and uh, you see, the thing here is that this is a slowdown time grenade time grenade, so which affects everybody but the deados, which is pretty convenient, all told. Yeah, that's exactly, it's very helpful. Something to do with frequencies? Uh, listen, I'm a sound engineer, trust me. The number of people who've come to me and be like, oh, you must know about frequencies. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's how frequently a thing happens. That's what that means. Yep. So th this this thing, I don't know how this is supposed to work, but, you know, it's not a... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So Hayes uh, feels the need to explain how great that is that everyone's getting slowed down except for them in some very obvious ADR. Yep. And, like, again, movie, I, I can see what's happening. You don't need to explain that. I, I can tell. Yeah. Everything slowed down except for them. And they have one of the main characters saying, this is great. Everything slowed down except for me. Because that's not how, you know, that's not obvious enough. They have uh, to give us, they have to spoon feed it to us, dude. Rule one of uh, cinema, tell all the time. Don't show. Show yeah. and tell all the time at all times. But more show, more do, more tell. Do it. And then the also show. tell people yeah. because you have to, uh, you have to tell people. Otherwise, how will they know what they're looking at? Yeah, there's no way they'd know otherwise. Yeah. They wouldn't know otherwise. So they take Maybe. all of the golden staff bits and uh, leave just as their time waves wear out. I don't know what else yep. they call it. They don't call it anything. Uh, it's just a thing. It just moves the plot forward. So outside, they start building the staff obelisk MacGuffin Jericho thing as the yep. RIPD all try to cram into this one toilet stall together. Which is, I love it, because I just love the way everyone's like, yeah, this is normal. This is fine. We'll do this. This is perfectly fine. And then Jeff Bridges just pulls out his gun like, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Also, uh, it is pretty funny. <laughs> we should have mentioned the way that they get to the, the VCR repair shop is through the bathroom stall. Oh, yeah. It's through a toilet. And instead of just having a little built bathroom stall, they have this like pneumatic system that closes... Uh, you know, giant steel around cases it. around it. Uh, I, uh, all right. I guess it's super safe. Maybe. I mean, there's got to have points to it. It does have the advantage that there's just a toilet in the middle of their of their thing. Maybe they had a problem with people actually using the toilet. And so they have to have the open air. Yeah, maybe. Maybe some rookie was just there like, okay, guys, just give me a minute. Uh, which toilet did you use? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, uh, 
Time to call up the RIP janitorial service because man, nobody here yeah, is doing that. Gross. That's just gross. Looks like uh, there's they're starting to build it, and they need to chase the guys. And outside, it looks like there's a shootout as the peril intensifies. Good. I mean, it's good pacing. I have to say, like this bit is very good pacing. Yeah, like it does work. And this guy here has a Jesus gun. Yeah, which is weird. And this this Jesus gun has soul bullets in it. Which I guess yep. the R.I.P. Uh, who who manufactures these again? I have no idea. I'm assuming they were like stolen. But they're soul bullets. <sighs> maybe everybody knows how to make soul bullets. Maybe like the R.I.P. Maybe there's an R.I.P. military because this isn't a maybe. police weapon. No, that's true. But I mean, given the size of the Deados, like I think they'd want larger weapons than just like handguns as well. So. Maybe, but alright. This is a big... That's Those are like anti-material weapons. I don't have... I don't know what the, the RIPD or the RIPM or the... Oh yeah, the, the RIPA? The uh, Rest yeah. in Peace Army? Yeah, I, I don't know what Every they Every year do they have a football game up. against uh, the RIPN, the RIP Navy. It's, uh, there's a whole RAP military branches system. There's an RAP general, five-star general of the RAPA. Oh, gosh. Marines. Yeah, that's the one. I know, I know a lot about the military things. I'm trying to make jokes about something I don't really know, but that's fine. I know nothing. (laughs) I am not good with the military. Yeah, well, uh, we're about overdue. Look, we've had a, we've had a sheriff. In this movie, mm. since minute six or something, right? We are overdue mm. for a shootout. We needed that shootout. And it was very well done. Again, like, it was funny. It was well paced. I quite like my it's shootouts with no human drama. I don't know about you. This is what this one is. Yeah. This is good. It is good. Like, he was... It was the way he was like, you know, and a rookie stands in a... Clock tower. I, yes. I mean, isn't the point of this kind of shootout scene that neither man is going to move and this is a visual representation of effectively their stubbornness and their unwillingness to to allow themselves to be changed by whatever the other person wants? That's like the ultimate way. Isn't it that? No, I, this isn't really... That didn't have the, the sort of, you know, whistling theme feel to it. You know the, what I mean? I don't want to whistle into the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> That way, bad stuff lies. Also, we would need um, to pay for that. But yes, we all know the yeah, that, uh, that noise. the shootout whistle song. Yeah, the shootout whistle song. Like it didn't have that feel because it didn't have the long with them both stood there kind of itchy trigger fingers. Oh yeah! Instead, they've selected some sort of dubstep. Yeah, invented in Croydon. Yeah, that's that's our weird claim to fame here. I mean, discovered in Croydon. Someone dug down a little bit and they were like, dubstep! <laughs> the Old West got gold, Croydon got dubstep. That's yeah, that's, that's the joke I'm going with. It's not a good one. I'm not proud of it. No, but it happens. It does. Can't all be good ones. Jesus gun guy yells that he fixed the gun to give fair yep. warning to the man about to shoot him, that he's about to stand up, and then he gets shot in the face. Yep, and just implodes. Yep. And good thing he didn't realize that those things can just shoot straight through vehicles. 
because otherwise, because otherwise you just Roy would shoot be dead. straight through where he was straight through his own cover. Yeah, which is what well, I do when I'm using those sorts of guns in video games. Oh yeah, whenever I use one of those guns, I like to shoot straight through cars. Oh yeah, best way to do it. Can't you have to shoot straight through cars. It's, can't it's just a waste of time. Otherwise, standing up, turning around, just hide. Be fine. Also, Roy here, after shooting the Dedos, uh, turns around and briefly aims one of his guns at Nick with his finger yep. still on the trigger. Extremely poor gun safety here. I'm what just angry give at his it. gun safety rating? What uh, generally pretty good, but this safety? here, it's like he just turned around. He did that thing that beginners do at gun ranges and turn around with the gun still in their hands going, I did it! Look, everyone, I did it! And accidentally wave the barrel in front of people. Yeah. That's what he does here with one of his pistols. He should know better. He should know better, but maybe he's just too old to give a shit. Maybe. Or he understands that as long as he's not going to shoot him in the face, it's going to do nothing. Yeah. Because that is the whole point. I guess. I guess it changes things rather a lot if it's like an aiming anywhere other than the head isn't absolutely not lethal and not even going to injure you yeah i mean if it makes them happy i guess it makes them kind happy. of i mean it, it probably does injure them i wouldn't say it wouldn't injure them but I would it say certainly it hurts less injury yeah so now shot anywhere would hurt sorry go ahead shot anywhere would hurt so. Mm. so now for a lesson in old west fighting there's always a dude in the church steeple that's the first place you look Ooh. yep because <sighs> They want height and desertion. There's always a guy in the hotel room. Except this time. When there isn't. Yeah, he's on the roof now. Yeah. Maybe I'm not understanding the references here, but it sounds like they're making fun of old Western movies for being tropey like this. I think it, that's what it is, because I didn't get there being a reference here. I don't think it's a callback to anything in this movie. No. I think it's just meant to be a badass moment. Oh, yeah. And it definitely, it didn't really hit for me, but that's also fine. It was fun, but it didn't strike me as, oh my god, that's so cool. It struck me as, all right. It worked well. It was was good for the moment. I think they, I don't know. As a VHS tape floats slowly down the pavement. That's not how VHS tapes work. No, unless it's this windy, but like. There's no wind around these guys. Their coats aren't flapping or anything. Yeah, they seem to be perfectly either in the eye of the storm or well enough out of it to be safe. Oh, what they are next to is several tornado anus portals opening all oh. over Boston. Oh, those tornado anus portals are happening again. That's not good. Yeah. Someone should really look into that. You mind if I don't look at it? Because, like, <laughs> I don't want to I want to see whatever's in there. Uh, well, yeah, there is. We'll we'll send the anal specialist in. <laughs> Hayes uh, has sent some officers to pick up Julia, Julia, Julie, Julia, 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 Julia. One of them. Oh no, she doesn't know that he's a deado, or what a deado is, or that there is an afterlife. But apparently, there are more deados in the force than we thought, because it seems that those two are also deados. Yep, and then uh, a bunch of Uncanny Valley close-ups of the acrobatic fat guy from before uh, announcing that they're at the Commonwealth Building. Looks like the big portal is above the Commonwealth Building. Think they might be at the Commonwealth Building. What do you think? Yep. Uh, Possibly. 
I'm not entirely sure. I'm not good with directions. They're good. They're at the Commonwealth Building, so it's time oh, okay. for a CG car chase with some random, non-established dedos chasing them down. Very well done car chase, though. Uh, well, I'm I liked not, it. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan because CG car chases always seem kind of farcical to me. Like, look at this video yeah. game car. Like, look at this fucking like, GTA Four car falling off of this roof, right? I don't know, I kind of liked it. I look at all this sort of terrain destruction that's just like throwing triangles all over the place. It's very, it takes, I don't know. On the one hand, I also appreciate that demanding that films put people at risk for my enjoyment is yeah. like kind of weird. But also, it does, this bit. sort of CG thing never translates well to screen because, again, the actors have nothing to react to. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it does make it hard. I just, I thought, kind of find it interesting in the sort of it's slightly more scene setting in a way i guess but like you can make things go completely crazy you can have stuff that's going to explode all over the place and supernatural happenings and then a person in a car going whoa that was surprising you know what i mean yeah undercuts it i guess Oh, it was good for what it was. I was just like, "Oh no, really? All right." I you know, I'll take the I'll take a chase scene from something like Blues Brothers over this any day is what I'm suggesting. Yeah, I guess that that makes more sense. Cuz like that's that was real cars. They just wrecked cars over and over. You could do that. Uh, instead here they yeah. were like, "Let's uh let's make a video game." And I love video games. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying maybe don't do it in a movie. Mm. Yeah, I suppose that's probably a fair shout, really, isn't it? So it feels like it's divorcing I mean, I this stuff from any human cost or consequence, right? Well, it kind of is, because that's uh, there isn't really any human cost or consequence. Well, there is. There's every, well, they're no, all dead, I, though, so I mean, that's okay. Dead people aren't people. They're barely sapient. Dead, dead people do not count. You can kill dead people as many times as you want. Uh, so I suppose... Uh, so he brings Julia up to the roof... Uh, they only need one final piece of the of the MacGuffin, and uh, Which Julia's I'm assuming here. Is Julia? Yeah, I guess Julia's the last piece, and that means Hayes can snort some cumin and pop himself, and, and I guess his head opens, kinda. Which I'm not sure what that represents, because apparently, like how their forms is is how is what they were like in real life. But so he's that... just cracked all over. Well, I suppose he has a crooked cop, cop, so that would make sense. Well, then make him crooked. I don't know. Maybe that was too hard to do or something. But I suppose uh, Julia is his enemy now, for the purposes of ancient prophecies, at least, because he needs the blood Just, of an enemy. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if it's running in the fact that she's married to him, and therefore would technically be counted as the blood of his enemy. She's married to Nick, who was her enemy. Right, because uh, when you marry somebody, your it blood becomes their property. Maybe I don't know. It was just a guess, really. <laughs> See this this blood right here. This is uh, this isn't his blood. Well, it is his blood because that's his wife, and her her bodily autonomy belongs to him. Oh, always. That's just how the world. It's no, his blood no, now. He owns it. It belongs to him now. No time for. God, no. Sorry, go ahead. That just got weird. <laughs> it did. It did. But, you know, ancient prophecies are not known for their uh, progressive 
<laughs> politics, I guess. Hmm. Nope. Let's just get away from the the that. Oh, looking through my notes here uh, for more because not a lot happens, but like some stuff happens because no time for whatever. Time for some more video game nonsense as the fat man does some flips for some reason. Yeah, that the fat man just seems to be energetic and acrobatic the hell ahead of it. I mean, which is cool in a way, but also, like, he—it never really hit for me. No, he was a weird one in the first scene. I was like, "Oh, that's weird." I guess it's a zombie movie. I, I don't know what this guy's deal is. Maybe I'll learn later. And then I learn later, and I'm like, "Oh, so he's just a dead guy." Apparently, that's just who he is. And then now, Fat Elvis, as they refer to, <laughs> yeah, ginger sideburns and all the rest. Oh, throughout this, by the way, I have been enjoying Ryan Reynolds' uh, snark. Yeah, his his very, very on the ball Ryan Reynolds snark. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> they've set up a barricade. Yeah. Fortunately, the barricade is ramp-shaped. Yep, don't understand how that happened. Like, he's stupid enough to build a ramp-shaped barricade. You have to go out of your barricade. way, surely. Yeah, like you really do. You don't want you want something that's sheer faced, so people can't easily climb over it, or at least with like minimal handholds. You do not want something that's ramped, like like, like a just... ramp to the extent that a car could blues brother its way over it. Yeah, like it's it just gave them the perfect opportunity to get across, and it's fine. And no one needs to know. Good, it's good, it's fine. Turns out the Dedos have a previously undiscovered weakness: getting hit with cars. Yep. I think that's mostly anybody's weakness, though. Yeah, you hit someone with a two-ton projectile, and they're likely to not be doing so well after. You hope, anyway. Depending on why you hit them, I suppose. <laughs> Looks like this building doesn't have an elevator. Oh, no. So it's a race to Ugh. the top. So Hayes puts in the final piece and then tells Julia that he is about to kill her as Nick and Roy arrive, quite quickly, given the amount of stairs. Yeah. Like... That, that's my idea of hell is going into a building without an elevator and trying to walk up however many flights of stairs I'd be like no 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 I mean I'll take it over rolling the boulder uphill yeah I would, I would that would probably be the better option I, we'd probably just find a way to speed run it after a while it's like oh dude I got a high score today I'm super happy yeah <clears throat> you see my quads fuck these things are real strong now survive have a t-shirt Ooh, made saying every day is leg day oh no no days are leg days my leg don't work <laughs> so uh anyway a lot so a lot of people just shoot each other and uh hayes stabs julia in the spine and her blood hmm. starts fueling the MacGuffin. yep because that's how MacGuffins work this MacGuffin works like that uh, looks like Clearly a whole swarm of dedos is going to arrive here soon, so they have to break the thing. And again, the visual effects here only serve to make the action feel ludicrous and low stakes to me. Yeah, it's it is very weird. It's kind of far too far too comedic this bit. I feel, but it's really strange. <sighs> I mean, it looks great for again 2013. This looks great, but. Eh. Mm. 
Uh, I guess Roy isn't strong enough to pull this thing apart. Fortunately, there's a crashed... Uh, the word I've written here is barbage truck, which is almost right. So close. I was so tired. So, hey, yeah, I crashed into a news helicopter earlier, we forgot to mention. And that was kind of fun. It's like a news reporter going, there's uh, there's some people rampaging around here. The only thing we can describe them as is monsters. And then a garbage truck hits them in the in the straight in the front of the helicopter. Which yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, that's just they're done. They are very dead. So they, <laughs> that that's that, that thing was lifted up by the tornado, right? Yes, I believe so. I'm hoping so, or else magic. Where where, where the helicopter was 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 a tornado yeah. large enough to to haul a. 40 ton whatever it is garbage truck into the air i'm not sure it was that's a very good helicopter pilot yeah he has some skills he's like i don't know what they're paying him but it's not enough well he won't be paid anymore so so roy does some cowboy (laughs) stuff uh, by making a lasso out of steel cable, and he he pulls the thing onto the portal uh, before any deados can get through. Which works. It does. Uh, sky sounds... goes back to normal. Unfortunately, Julia doesn't. Nick... Yeah, Julia's kind of... Oh, yeah. Well, Nick shoots Hayes in the face, finally, uh, and then he runs over to Julia who I guess is dead now, given that the world is standing still like it did when Nick died. Yeah, so she's she's gone. So what do you think I thought was going to happen here? That she was going to join Nick and they would have a lovely, happy reunion? Yes, so I thought she dies, uh, and to reward Nick for saving the Earth from a literal apocalypse, they let them stay together in the afterlife, either working for RIPD or they send him back and, you know, he has a nice house and maybe they yeah. let him keep some of the gold or sell it or so. Who knows, right? I thought that would be a nice thing. What yeah, actually happens? Right out. What, what actually happens? She doesn't die. Nope. She don't. Nope, they have a lovely romantic moment together where she can see Nick, I guess, as himself, uh, and not the random we Chinese hope. man. And then Nick tells her that she should start a new life without him, and then she wakes up in hospital. Yep. I just, that just, no. I felt that was a little, I mean, it was good. It was a good, like, sw- uh, bait and switch, but, like, also just really not the best yeah, well, when the it, bait is a satisfying ending and the switch is a less satisfying ending, maybe don't do it. I want, I want the bait. <laughs> Give me the paint. Paint? Give me the paint. Bait. <laughs> Give me the paint. Yes. That's a shirt. Give me the paint. I will fix this. <laughs> I'm just like, have you painting over top of an actor's face? <laughs> yeah, just roundabout right. So we're now but, yeah. s- square. Sorry, yeah. Uh, that, that was agreeing with you. Go. So we're now squarely in the epilogue. Uh, Nick is given a warning for saving the world, and Roy is given 53 more years for destroying the city that first time before they... All right, so whatever. Uh, you know. So since uh, since he'd lost his hat, Roy's been trying on hats here and there, right? 
Like at Elliot's place, yeah. you just saw a hat hanging up and you tried it on in front of a mirror. Which was a great running gag. It was lovely. As well, I have to say. It was lovely. Uh, but here, Proctor happy. found his hat for him and gives it to him. And I guess she's actually still super into him because she chews his beard a little bit. Yeah, that... that- the billy goating thing is just weird. I know it's, I think it is an actual thing. I think it's not just written for this movie. Doesn't do it for me, but okay. I don't know why it would do it for anybody. But. I guess it's just an unusually, like, you, you gotta be right up close to someone to do that. Yeah. Like, you gotta let someone do that to your beard. It's, I, I wouldn't want any, I mean, for one, beards. Like no, no offense. You can never fully, you can fully clean a beard like you can with hair, but not many guys choose to. Really? Well, like not a lot of guys comb their beard. You don't, as to, far um, as I know, you don't have to comb it necessarily, but like you, you should, you should, you should wash it about yeah. as frequently as you wash your hair. It's like normal hygiene. I don't know. Like it, a lot of people say, mm-hmm. like, oh, beards are unhygienic, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. Doesn't seem that bad to me, and I'm wearing it. Yeah, it's literally underneath my nose at all times. So I don't know if there were something funky going on. You think I'd be or I'd be there to smell it? Yeah, you think? Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of, I wouldn't want to put anyone's beard in my mouth personally. Oh, you're thinking like if you were to just? Yeah, I I guess I see that. Got it. Could not well, be. this man is from the 1800s, so I do wonder about the bathing standards from the time. But yeah. then they're also dead, so like, are there also an R.I.P. bacterial colony? <laughs> like, what's you worried about? Can you get R.I.P. AIDS? Oh, yeah, no, I mean that's true, but still kind of crude. I don't want to make an AIDS joke. I don't. Let's not continue with that. Can you get R.I.P. STDs? Maybe. I doubt that. Though. I don't think she needs to worry too much about getting. You know what I mean? I don't think she's worried because yeah. she does it. Does it? Still gross. Uh, so then, yeah, as a gesture of goodwill, uh, she, uh, Roy, and Nick get a new set. Oh wait, no, she gives him his hat. Yeah, um, Roy gets Nick uh, a new ID. Yeah, a new ID, uh, which is much less suspicious to the casual observer than the other one. Yeah, the ginger girl scout with braces. With like, she's un- she's undergoing some the serious orthodontic treatment. Yeah. I realized that it was a full like head retainer. Isn't it? Just, yeah, I don't know if they really do those anymore, but uh, yeah, it's uh, she's she's having some work done, which great. Good. Get your teeth done, man. Get them done early in life, and it's much easier. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, this uh, nobody else thinks. Hey, maybe, maybe some of the humans will wonder about this twelve-year-old girl driving the car. Of course, nobody will notice. I mean, I, I wonder if it's just got like a. They don't see things as much. Maybe I don't know. I feel like if I were to see a twelve-year-old girl driving a car, I would I would get the plates and call the cops. And be like, there is a girl. You might want to feel. You want to want to know about this, fellas. Might want to fix this. Just, just a little bit. Uh, and then roll credits. We're done. And that was yeah. So that was the movie that we watched. The very funny movie. I hilarious. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I was all right. I'm all right. I mean, it, yeah. I, 
I thought this movie was at its best when it was a tragic love story. Like, Julia, played by uh, Stephanie Sozak? Sustek? I don't know how to... It might be a... Anyway. She's she is the best thing to me about this movie. Her performance just outshines everyone else's whenever she's on screen, and I want to know more about her. Right? But you don't get to know enough about her. Nope. Unfortunately. Uh, I mean, I also get it. This isn't like the moving story of a woman learning to let go, even as she unwittingly forms a relationship with the man who killed her husband. Mm. Right? That's the that's a cool story you could have told. Yeah. And it's also not the story of an afterlife police officer going rogue to settle stuff from his former life, which I guess I'm sort of disappointed it wasn't that in a way. Yeah, which is it's a bit sad, but it it was a good subplot. I don't know, it wasn't ever written for that. That was kind of not the point of the film, so... I mean, look, if what we're looking at is a vehicle for having Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges snark at each other for an hour, I'm okay with that, right? Yeah. But you know, the the I guess I'm I went into it so it's it's called RIPD. It's going to be a comedy, right? And yeah. it wasn't that funny to me. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't really hit for me. Maybe I I yeah. There were some sections all, where Ryan Reynolds was snarky and wonderful. I liked those sections. Which is true. I mean, he's the thing is is that I think Brian Reynolds is one of the better um, things because he is just hilarious anyway. Ryan Reynolds is a thing. Movie 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just it, thought some of his snark and his like his typical sort of like sarcastic deliveries was very well done. I thought he was very funny. Oh, I thought he was funny. I thought the movie wasn't. Yeah, no, the movie does have its moments, but I just and I enjoyed it for the funny. I guess I got like less and less funny as it turned into like another lackluster CGI action movie. Yeah, I mean it was kind of around the time though once when that lots of CGI action movies. I guess so, yeah. 2013 was like that. Uh but I mean, you know what I mean? Now that I've watched Gremlins, I'm now like yeah. that felt real because there was a real gremlin in front of that actor. That that happened. It occurred, right? That pool yeah. actually did glow green and spew smoke, right? Like, Which and here cool. I cannot tell for the you can you can see the green screen, right? You can't see the green mm. screen, but you can feel the green screen. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. I mean, it's kind of a lot of them are now handing on with like holding on to um, green screen for support a lot more than they used to. Does that make sense? Like, they're kind of going, well, we couldn't do this in real life, so let's just throw it into the green screen rather than trying to work out a way of doing it without the green screen. Which I think is getting better since, uh, in the seven years since uh, 2013 when this film was put out, Mm. I think we've got better because in the intervening years we've gotten things like the Marvel movies, which have generally done better at that balance between supernatural green screen stuff and... Uh, this actually is a real car that jumped this building, right? Mm. But I, I guess I miss spectacle. I miss the feeling of that that I'm watching a, a spectacle as opposed to something that the characters can see. And I'm sort of like, also, I, I, it's a difficult thing to explain, especially since I'm not really a pop culturist. I just I think I like the feeling of something like Gremlins. And I'm more happy to suspend my disbelief for a real prop. Yeah. Rather than 
Yeah, I don't blame you because if it looks too fantastical, it's too fantastical. Yeah, like these uh, tornado anuses. <laughs> Mufi, this episode has got me saying the word tornado anus as if it's a real thing. Yeah. I think I resent that. I think that's really where we're at. It's it's how it goes at this point. It's sort of Yeah, I don't know. I'm mi- we're here. I'm mixed on this one. It was it was it was fun for a minute, and I'm not upset that I watched it, but I, I don't know if I'm watching it again or throwing it on when we need something to laugh at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have I, I mean, I, that makes sense. Have I just shit really, on your like, favorite movie, though? No, we but we know this is not my favorite movie. I just really enjoy Ryan Reynolds and basically anything. Fair enough, yeah. I, I just dropped something. I heard. <laughs> That's okay. That happens. It was not on Peppers. That's okay. So uh, unless you have other stuff to say, I think that's the episode. No, I think I'm I'm happy with that stuff. I'm happy with everything we have said. You're happy with the tornado anuses? Yeah, those tornado anuses are stuck in my mind now. Yeah. They kind of look like that, don't they? Yeah. I wonder if anyone, I wonder if anyone hired just like someone with a super dirty mind to watch this and be like, <laughs> I really hope they did. <laughs> I like the idea of just someone with a super dirty mind watching this going, anuses. Yeah. Cool. Little known fact, they hire people like that on uh, anime, like children's shows. Yeah. To make sure that nothing gets through that's super bad. They will usually hire a couple of super, super dirty minded assholes or just writers are like that. I have, I am clearly missing on a decent job. I would be great at that. <laughs> I mean, you're I also find... doing other stuff, but like someone in the writer's room needs to be saying like, yeah. that is a dick joke. And everyone else go, Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's not do that one. Sometimes I think they do it deliberately though, as well. Oh, also to a point to like, keep the parents amused. There is a wonderful interview with, uh, what I forget her name. Christ, the, the writer behind the, my, the newer, my little pony show friendship, friendship is magic. I can't remember. She was also the writer of Powerpuff is. Girls and a bunch of really, really also awesome yeah. shows. Very, very good writer. I think she also is the showrunner. Man, I'm going to – we need to find that name. But uh, she was in an interview at one point and someone asked her about the brony thing. Yeah. And her answer was, well, actually, I'm really happy that a bunch of men in their 30s are super hype about the show because that's an intended audience. <laughs> The the show we're making is not for six-year-old girls. It's for well, six-year-old no, girls and their parents. We want to have yeah. stuff in there for the man in the room as well as for the woman in the room and not just for the six-year-old because the person holding the remote control is not the six-year-old normally. No, it's the adult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's great when they actually write them like that because you sit in the game. This works. Well, this is it. This is how all kids shows are written when they're not those 1980s shows that we grew up with, which are just like, buy these toys, kids. Yeah. Engage with our brand. Now they're just trying to get us to be more, um, they're, they're, they're trying to keep the parents interested because the parents have to watch it. So yeah, they need to keep the parents amused. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know that my parents would have wanted to sit down and watch those 80s toy commercials with me. No, I don't think my parents would have either, frankly. I know they didn't. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I was, I was there with my parents. They were, they were not there a lot watching shows either they were they had their own stuff to do didn't we all well don't we all we still do yeah so that's the episode i think yeah i think we did good i think we did a good uh, i think next I think time we'll do another 
Uh, and all that's left to say is that we still have a, we we had a Patreon at the front of this episode, and now at the end we still have a Patreon. Definitely still a Patreon. You sh- it's a you can find us on Patreon at One for Paul. Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash one for Paul. Dot com slash one for Paul. You can you can save us from a life without caffeine. You can save us from a life without coffee and inferior alternate coffee drink. Tea is just as good as coffee, if not better. I mean, it's that last part that I take exception to. Just as good. Okay, maybe I buy that. Maybe under some weird supernatural circumstances, you might find a cup of tea that's almost as good as a cup of coffee. But better? I don't know. Hey, if you're going to call it inferior, I'm going to call it better. But those are that's not the same thing at all. Mufi? No, but you you were call, um, I'm fighting if you, fire with We need to make some tiers of Patreon that are the same price or something, but one of them is tea and one of them is coffee and yeah. the listeners can decide. I don't know if we're actually going to do just, that. Please nobody actually just make a go movie there happen. expecting that. Right now it's just yeah. hey, help us out because we want to keep making this show for you and also make more shows and make more features and midweek episodes. This comes out every Wednesday. So be sure also yeah. to subscribe on your pod thingy of choice down in the doobly-doo. I use Spotify. I use uh, – what do I use? I guess I use Spotify sometimes. I I also use random other RSS readers. Those also mm-hmm. work. Go old school too. It all helps yeah, out. I just like – Share the episodes with your mother. Anyway, I'll. That's a very long plug at the end of the episode, and you're all very patient to listen. Thanks for listening. Thank you. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you again for listening to One for Paul. You can find us on social media and keep up to date on what we are doing behind the scenes. We're on Facebook and Twitter at One for Paul. This is not staring at the butt. Like a man does it. We are foul.